Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We're going to look at Romans chapter 14 today and, and a subject I think that has been a bugaboo for the church since the very beginning, continues to be a problem in the church even still today. We're going to talk about and look at the subject of judging. And we are told, do not judge. And I thought people, you were going to say a lack of faith. Well, there's, there's that problem, too. But we're working on that. Okay, That's why okay. this show is called Faith, Faith on Fire, Fire right? Okay, okay. And so judging and judgment and do not judge. And sometimes people say, well, does that mean I can't judge anything? And obviously the answer to that is no, because we just recently had an election and everybody that voted made a judgment. People said, I like this candidate. I judge this candidate to be the better candidate than that one. So mm-hmm. we make judgments like that. Somebody comes to your door and knocks on your door at midnight, you're probably going to look out to see who it is. You're going to make a judgment. If it's your mother or father or brother or sister or somebody, you're probably going to open the door. If it's somebody you've never seen before in your life, chances are you're not going to. And so we make judgments about different things all of the time. And so that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about judging other people, judging other people's motivations sometimes, I think. But particularly judging people's salvation and how we think that we can judge whether somebody's saved or not. And I think that's a very dangerous place is to think that we can speak for God as to whether or not somebody else, what their relationship with him is. Can I just say something for one minute and I'll let you get back in there. Again, the broadcast is Faith on Fire. And as you were just speaking, I was just realizing faith is is that you're agreeing with what God says. Right. That's what it is. That's, that's basically what it is. I agree with what God says. And, and again, you were saying the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, and we try to base things on, on, on our belief. Well, if your belief is not starting to line up with what God said, you're not in faith. That's right. all faith is. Lord, I agree with what you said in your word, and I'm going to roll that direction. I'm gonna cast. I'm gonna erase my old stinking thinking now, and I'm gonna think your way. That's what faith is. So again, like you said, when you start judging somebody, when God says, "Well, don't judge," and you said, "No, I have a right to judge." Well, according to your Lord and Savior, your God, your Abba Father, He says, "No, you don't." Right. See, and we put ourselves in the place of God in so many different ways, right. and we don't even realize that's what we're doing. But as He talks about this, and, and you know, to go back for just a second to what you were saying. We have to come into line with what God says about everything. So God says that he is grace is sufficient for all our needs. So I'm going to believe that. He says that I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say, yes, I believe that. Um, He says to us that we can do all things through him who strengthens us. And I'm going to say, yes, I believe that. So, yeah, faith is taking God at his word, believing God when he says something. Now, 
some of those things I think are easy. Some of these things are harder for us because as we grow up, the human nature is to judge. We judge people in our family. We judge our coworkers. We judge people in all kinds of different ways. And that's kind of in our human nature. And, and when we hear do not judge, when we hear like verse one, accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. And I would say to you, anybody listening, most of the stuff that we debate, most of the stuff that we argue about, most of the stuff that we make judgments about each other are disputable matters. Because as we looked a couple of days ago, Romans chapter 10, as he talks about the fact that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. And yet we want to add things to that. We want to, if you believe in your heart or if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you don't smoke and you don't drink and you don't play cards and you don't go to movies, now, so now, you will be saved. But now that's what you say. We're adding to that. What we're adding is our own understanding. Right. We're adding what we've heard maybe our whole or, life. Or what we believe. Or so what we're we gonna, think. we're going to say that. We, See, yes a real to that, Christian won't but, ever smoke. Right. You know, a real Christian won't ever drink alcohol. No, no, no. Uh, a real Christian won't go to the movies. Well, they could have said that about Peter. A real Christian won't cut off a, a, a soldier's ear. <laughs> <laughs> we well, like to think that today, anyway. Right, right, right. Well, well, Peter did that. And he was right there with Jesus as one of the disciples. Jesus was his master's teacher. But again, we lean to our own understanding without thinking like that. And, and he just said, receive one who is weak in the faith. Obviously, compared to Jesus, Peter was weak in the faith. Well, compared to Jesus, we're all weak in the faith. Right, right, right. But I mean, even today, you, there, there are people who think that if a real Christian will wear a dress to church if she's oh, a woman. You're right, and down to the floor. A real Christian will wear a suit if you're a man. Right. A real Christian will do this, or a real Christian will do that. And it is so easy for us to judge each other about things that are disputable. I mean, well, whether you wear a dress to church or not is completely well, we'll disputable. A real Christian wouldn't do such and such. A real Christian wouldn't be caught at a movie theater. Oh, yeah, and that wasn't that long ago. Lots, <laughs> right, of, right. lots of people believe that. Yeah, a real I, Christian would Real Christian won't dance. Right. Real Christian won't play cards. Right. I know people who, when they were kids, they were allowed to play cards, but their parents took the face cards out. I don't know what made the face cards so More particularly sinful. evil. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they could play games as long as the face cards weren't Well, allowed. see, again, back to your own belief. What you your, The mind is never wrong. What you believe in your mind, really your heart believes it. It just leads your mind to get in line with that. Whatever you believe, you're right. Because the mind is never wrong. You know, That's why he tells us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew it to the way God thinks. Right. And, and he says you're free. And as, as we were talking there and talking about things becoming habit or things becoming just the way it is. It reminded me of that story you told about the woman with the, the roast. roast. Yeah, right, right, Tell right. that story again well, real well, quick. Well, the lady, again, the lady was cooking the roast, and her husband said, honey, why every time you cook this pot roast, you cut the ends off of it? And she said, well, I don't know, sweetheart. Mama always did it that way. Let me call Mama and ask her why she always did that. So she called her mother and said, Mama, why every time you cook the pot roast, you cut the ends off of it? She said, I don't know, sweetheart. Your big mama always did that. Let me call big mama and ask her why she do that. She called big mama, and big mama said, well, 
they say, Mama, Big Mama, why you always cut the ends off the roast when you put it in, before you put it in the pot? She said, well, honey, I did that because the pot was too small. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we do so we do things out of tradition. Right. We do things because that's the way we always did and, it. And it seems religious now. Well, and it seems like that must be the way it is. Right. I mean, it is so easy to start to think of cultural things or traditional things as almost now biblical. Mm-hmm. There are people who think the only biblical instrument that belongs in a church is an organ. The Hammond organ. Is an organ and or maybe a piano. But I tell people all the time a piano and an organ weren't invented in Jesus' day. There was no time when Jesus turned to Peter and said, Hey, Peter, where's that organ? Drag that thing over here. Or, Peter, where's that piano? Get that thing over here. And he said, Whoa, wait, it's not my turn to worry about the piano. That's Andrew's job today. Mm-hmm. They didn't have those instruments. And yet it became tradition somehow in the United States that you had a piano and or an organ. And those were the real biblical instruments because of tradition. Let me go to two scriptures here to speak on what you just said. Over in Colossians chapter two, he tells us this two verse eight. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. See, cheat you by having you not do things that you can do. Now I'm going to bounce over to verse 16. Let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the system substance is of Christ let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility and basically that's what it is false humility you think you're being humble but it's false humility and I always tell people like well see people, I'm more religious than you because right, I don't right, smoke and drink right, and I don't right, go right, to right. movies well, well and this one too well I don't want to be wealthy because uh, you know that's not the money is the root of all evil no the love of money and how can you be a blessing if you're impoverished jesus said you go feed the poor you clothe the poor how can you do that if you're broke well now you've taken on false humility you think you're pleasing god but god says no it is interesting that you're talking about that because i know people that think well they must be more spiritual than the rich because it says that it's harder for a rich man to go to heaven than is for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle so the fact that i'm not rich makes me more spiritual than a rich guy actually they're misquoting uh, understanding that text of scripture because it didn't say it's harder for a rich man to go to heaven. It says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. It's heaven's way of doing things. So he said it, it's harder for that guy. And Jesus get, defined what he was talking about. He said later on, they asked him, what do you mean? He said, well, it's hard for those who trust in riches. That's what he was talking about. Somebody to trust. No, but he says, no, I want you to, he told the rich young ruler, I want you to trust in me, not your possessions. But see, the reverse of that happens too, though, because people trust in the fact they don't have riches. That makes them more spiritual than somebody that does. No. no, And so we can have, we can take pride in our riches, but I know people in my lifetime who took pride in their Their poverty. poverty. Right, right, right. I know some. Because they had to be more spiritual than the rich person. I know some preachers and some Christians who think, they believe, again, the mind's never wrong. They believe the more broke 
you are, the more anointed you are. Right, that makes you more spiritual. Right, right, right. And if you if you just go back, I always tell people, use your Bible as a reference. Think back on Jesus. People like to say Jesus was poor. I'm going to say Jesus wasn't poor, and I know we're going another direction now. Jesus wasn't poor because remember when he was born, when he was about two years old, it wasn't, and again, this is around Christmas, the kings didn't come to him in the manger. Only the shepherds did. The Magi and all those guys came when he was about two years old. It says the young child. Now, what did they bring? Now, I know the little greeting cards say they brought him a couple little sprinkles. No, they brought him camels. That's why it's hard for that camel to go through the needle. That was a whole other story, too. But they brought him train loads of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's all resources. It, they brought boat lo- yeah, train those are loads. Yeah, things for the rich. Right, right, right. So, so I'm trying to figure out, by the time Jesus was an adult, and I know he had the wisdom of God, um, and then he talked about the talents and investing. I'm pretty sure his parents invested some of that and and, and got an ROI out of it, re- rate of return out of it. I'm pretty sure they just didn't party all that up when he was two years old and, and was broke. Because Jesus taught on stewardship of resources. So Jesus couldn't have been broke because they brought him all that gold. And somebody, Peter Daniels, did a study. And they said if you tallied up the amount of that gold a day, it would be over $4 million. So what did he do with all that? Again, and his dad, you know, his dad had a, his dad, people like to think he was just a little carpenter, a one-man outfit. No, he probably was the, the head of his general contractor. <laughs> Jesus actually worked for his daddy's business. But we see, like to think little. See, we think right. small. Well, well, why he couldn't have had a big contracting business that, that built all the, the big things in, in Jerusalem? See, and the key to this is, as we're talking in Romans chapter uh, 14 here, is that if you're rich, don't judge the poor and if you're poor don't judge the rich there it is right there and if you live in a big house don't judge the person that lives in a small one and if you live in a small one don't judge the person that lives in a big i know a lot of people and you hear this a lot in this country today the only way a person get rich is if they lie cheat and steal well again whatever you believe is true Right, but I mean, there are, there are a lot of people who honestly believe, I think, in this right. country today that the only way a person can get rich is the well, light. There's a lot steal. of people that believe that God won't make you rich, even though it says in Deuteronomy 8.18, he talks to his people, his Bible is for God's people. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. And over in Psalms 112, he says, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Well, when I hear the word wealth and riches... Hmm, oh yeah, that sounds spiritual to me. No, that's materially. And the scripture says God made Abraham very rich. And then he told in what? Cattle, silver, gold, asses, oxen. He just started naming stuff. Resources, things that he could he can make those camels and, and double up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he did with them. He said, oh, a male, a female. Okay, I'm in the cattle business now. And Abraham had male servants and female servants. We know that he had Hagar. Well, that she belonged to his wife, but okay. But anyway, we got to start thinking right. like we, God. What we got to do is quit judging other people in different circumstances. Right. Us. And, and, and and it's not just in a socioeconomic sense where we make judgments about each other. You know, like like I say, the there are poor people who think the rich can only get that way by lying, cheating, and stealing. So they must be less spiritual than the poor. There's people that are rich that think all oh, those poor people are poor because they're just all lazy and, and they don't, don't have do no anything faith in God and don't have uh. faith. We can't judge each other about those kind of things. Most what? of the stuff where we judge each other is is all about disputable things. 
And he goes on there and he talks about eating and drinking and the man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does for God has accepted him. We don't have the kind of dietary things that they did, but this still happens today where um, there are Christians who think that if a guy in Chico, it's 100 degrees outside, he's mowing his lawn, he goes in, he ha- sits down and, and has one beer that the, he, he's less of a Christian because he drank that beer. There are people that think that they're more spiritual because they would never even dream of drinking that one beer. And so those kind of things where we look down on each other because we do certain things. But I love verse 4. And he couldn't be more plain about this. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Who am I to judge whether you're pleasing God or not? And again, I just got out of this someone else's servant is what someone else's uses because you use a servant. But I mean, as he's talking here, yeah, who the the clear thing is that what somebody else does. But he's also speaking about who are you to judge them through God's eyes? We're all ultimately God's servant. And so who are you to judge someone else's servant? Who am I to judge whether you, Vince Haney, are pleasing to God or not? Who am I to judge that somebody else is pleasing to God or not? To his own master, to God he's going to stand. It's God's the one who's ultimately going to judge them. It's God who decides if if they are pleasing or not. This is why people, two people can be doing the same thing, and for one of them it's sin and one of them it isn't. Because in your own mind, if you've decided that something's wrong and you do it anyway, for you that is sin. The other person can do that same thing, and for them it's not sin. And yet what do we want to do? We want to judge each other. We want to say, well, I wouldn't do it. So if you're going to do it, you must be sinning. You must be doing something wrong. And we, he says so clearly, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. We've got to quit arguing over disputable things. We've got to quit dividing over disputable things. And he, he will go on from here. And, and I don't know if we're going to have time to get to it today or not. But he talks about one person regards one day as special. Another doesn't. And he says you can't dispute over those things. You can't judge each other over those the things. The scripture says this right here today is the day the Lord has made. And we shall rejoice. So we want to we make, you know, every uh, different day special well, as far as, God's concerned, every day is special because he made every day. Not every, very he long. made every person. Every person is special. Not very long after my wife and I got married, I had a job. I had to work Sundays. Mm-hmm. I had to. I didn't have a choice. And I had people say, oh, I would never work a job. Boy, God's going to get you, boy. He mad at you, man. I had to work on the Sabbath. Right. And so, I always so you, say, you, you know, so the you were weak in faith. Saturday, not Sunday. But... Right, I, right, right. I would never work a job that I had to work on Sunday. And there were people that actually kind of thought that, that I was less spiritual or, right, right, right. or wasn't yeah, yeah, a real were. believer. Yeah, you were. I'm just Because, because I worked, worked on, on Sunday. Sunday. And a real Christian 
would never work on Sunday. You, would, you wouldn't do what your master told you to. So, your so you know, when you think about that, though, on Sundays, I am, I'm positive, at least in Chico, and I would assume this is the way it is in every town in America, uh, the nurses and the doctors are working at the hospital on Sunday. Gosh, they don't man. just lock up the door on Saturday night at midnight and say, you people are all on your own. Come back on Monday. We'll be back here in 24 hours. I, but I just got shot in the head. Oh, oh well, just come <laughs> yeah. back on Monday. Take two take, aspirin, right, come back two, on right, Monday. Right. So in the in the hospitals, doctors or nurses are working. Uh, no, if we, if you God gave them a pass, it's okay they, they for them to work. They got special dispensation because you, of no, what they're doing. You work at the door company? No, no way. So then on, if you call nine one one on Sunday, I know you're gonna get a dispatcher. You're gonna get somebody answer the phone, and the, either the police or the ambulance or whatever it is that you need is gonna fire department. They're gonna come out. Don't 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 let your house burn up on the weekend. Call so, us back tomorrow because we are off today. It's the Sabbath. Sabbath. We can't work. We can't work. So they work on Sunday. There are lots of people, and I and I guess that's what most Christians think somehow in the back of their mind. Well, if you're a doctor or you're a nurse or you're Remember, fireman, the or mind, you're whatever you choose then to they believe, get a, they get a special dispensation because God knows they have. To work, so right, right, right. so they're okay. But anybody else well, now, now, doesn't I, have now to. Now that you said that, I, I'm the religious people. You know what? They, they got on Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. Oh yeah. Oh, Jesus just messed with them all the time. He would always do something on that special day, healing somebody, forgiving you know, somebody. Can you imagine that? You can't heal on the Sabbath. I mean, if there was a day that they should have been healing, praise the Lord, the Sabbath is right? going down on the it's Sabbath. It's like on Sunday. I tell people all the time, they say, man, I would never work on Sunday. I said, um, do you realize that every pastor in town is working on Sunday? That's not a job. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's not a job. That, they're working on Sunday. Right. And if you have a paid pianist or organist or musicians in your church, they're, they're working on Sunday. I used to work at a church here in Chico, neighborhood church. I worked there as a custodian on Sunday. Right before service, during service, and after service, I had they paid me. But here, I want to show you this scripture too. Back when we were saying this is back in the word. I'm going back to Colossians because these two books kind of go together, and I'm going to pick it up at verse 20, Colossians chapter two, verse 20. Uh, he was talking about false humility, and look what he says here. Uh, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch. Do not taste. Do not handle. This is all the... Oh, we do, do this all the uh, time. Uh, hey, That's the good religious Richard, people there, Richard, too. Do not work on Sundays. Right. Do not go to the movies. Do not do this. Now, look what he says in verse 23. Which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrine of men. Oh, men made this stuff up. Uh-oh, let's keep going. 23, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. Oh, they look spiritual. Well, of course, if you don't smoke and drink, you're more right. spiritual. They, uh, they have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion. Oh, self-imposed religion. See, if you were addressed to church, you're more spiritual. Well, that's self-imposed religion. I mean, I made it up. Traditions of men. But look what he says. He used this word, false humility again. You will run around with false look humility. Look at me. Yeah, look at me. He says, uh, and neglect of the body, these things have no value against the indulgence of the flesh. I mean, yeah, yeah, you look all religiously, but 
you're out of God's order farther than anybody because you're still bound to men's tradition. You're still not, bound to the law. See, right. once again, it's now it's not just grace. It's mm-hmm. not just grace through faith in Jesus, right. but it's grace through faith in Jesus and, and these other things. And this scripture just verifies what we read in Colossians 2.8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. See, and cheat you out of the joy and freedom that he wants That's you to have. That's what he's talking about. You're being cheated. Cheated is cheated. Right. So look what the next verse says. For in him, referring to Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And back over to Colossians 19, and not holding fast to the head, referring to Jesus, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase of God. That's why he said, therefore, if you die with him from the basic principles of the world, why are you still living according to all this stuff? Because Jesus says, Scripture says, whom the Son sets free, it's free indeed. Right. Yeah, so I, I don't have to put on this outward appearance. Jesus always got on the religious people. He would tell them this. Once you clean the inside of the cup out first. Well, see, you know what? <laughs> and I think yeah. that the good religious people forget this. They got that outside looking good, man. I look Jesus good. was harder on the religious people than he was anybody else. Right. That's who he really that's was why, always angry at. That's why he can hang out with a prostitute. But, I mean, he was more angry at the religious people usually than anybody else because they thought they were doing something. They and thought they, claimed, they were right. They thought they knew God better. They thought they knew well, God they better the than Jesus. they were the only ones that did. Better than Jesus. Right. And Jesus had to tell them. They, then they tried to bring up, well, Abraham was our forefather. And Jesus messed their head up when he declared <laughs> this. Well, Abraham was glad to see my day. And right. before Abraham was, uh, I am. I, I am. And they were like, blasphemy. Right. They're picking up stones ready yeah, to kill him. They're ready him. to get him now. But, G- but Jesus said, I'm Because no, you know why? And we don't have to understand this in America. What he was really claiming there was he was God. When he said right. before Abraham was, I am. I am, he was saying, you know that burning bush there? When God spoke to him and yeah, said, my that, name is I am, that's that was me. Now I'm the... Now I, I became flesh. I'm the living word. I became flesh, and I'm dwelling among you. Remember, he went to his own, his own didn't even receive him. I'm about the religious people. But because they were being and, religious. And the religious people today still won't receive the freedom that's available right. in Christ he Jesus. He wants us to have joy. He there wants us to have peace. He wants us to have freedom. Yeah. Well, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.